What's up, everybody? This is Edmond Rama. Welcome to Growing Up Third World. I'm sorry if I haven't recorded anything in a while. It's been a while. But it really hasn't been nothing that I really wanted to talk about. And so why waste, you know, time and energy in recording something that I don't feel like passionate enough to talk about it? But you know what I feel passionate to talk about it? Immigration, you know. As an immigrant, that's why the podcast is called Growing Up Third World. Trying to use that immigrant mentality. As an immigrant myself, you know, I want to talk about legal versus illegal immigration, you know, based on all the recent events, what's been going on in the last few weeks, um, all these children, uh, these immigrant children being uh, pretty much held captive by the United States government in camps, in Trump camps, for crossing this country illegally, and the, the, the worst of it is, you know, is they're separated from the parents. I understand, you know, that's the risk these people are taking, trying to cross into a country. You can be captured, you can be sent back. Uh, you can die along the way, you know. Plenty of things can plenty of things can go wrong, you know. You're taking your chance, you know, to escape something that you don't want, you know, to go somewhere where, where you think, you know, you're going to have a better life, a better chance for yourself, for your kids, your family. So I do sympathize with the risk that these people are taking, you know. I... Um, and I also understand, you know, why the American government is doing that. But keeping these kids uh, separated from their family and keeping them actually prisoner from crossing here, I think, is just a little bit too much, I think, you know. Unless you are catching these people with actually something really legal, you know, if, they, if you call the people that you catch smuggling drugs, weapons, and stuff like that. Yes, you know, you can keep them prisoner, it's fine, you know, you can decide how you actually, you want to do that, but if somebody's only crime is uh, just crossing the border illegally trying to come here, you know, for a better life, without bringing any drugs or anything with them, then I don't believe the United States government has the right to keep them, you know, pretty much hostage. But even though Donald Trump, you know, before he said, you know, he couldn't do anything about it because this was a law that the Democrats created... And he couldn't do nothing about it. But you know what? He's a goddamn president. So I don't think he wanted to do anything about it. But with all this uh, backlash and everything that he's been taking for this, I think he was trying to find a loophole on a law that the Democrats had made. And he got a lot of backlash for that. So he decided, you know, to actually keep the families together. You know, the parents that have kids in there actually keep them together. Still keep them prisoner, but together. So, you know... Um, I, it's still bad, you know, that they're still locked up, but uh, at least, you know, now they're together with the family, you know, the parents, you know, I'm a father myself, you know, uh, he would kill me inside, you know, knowing even though my kids are not too far away from me, but I really can't see them, you know, I'm being held, they're being held, and you can't see them and hang out with them, and it would kill me inside, you know, I came here legally myself, you know, I came here through the lottery system, you know, my family I was applying every year, and they were doing this lottery to, for a permanent residency uh, to apply to become permanent U.S. Uh, residents. You don't become a citizen. You just become a permanent resident. You know, you apply with the pretense of uh, coming here and staying here forever. And uh, my mother won. And uh, that's why we are here. Because my mother was able to bring, you know, her husband and uh, the children that are under 21. My brother was over 21 at the time. My brother did not come, but me and my sister actually came here uh, with my parents. I was like 16 and a half or something like that. My sister was like 20. And then we came here, but uh, you know what? 
I really did not really like my life that much in Albania, but you know what? I was not in real danger, and I and I was not starving. My family was actually, you know, not that bad. You know, we were not doing too bad. We were not rich. We we're not even middle class in Albania, but we were not really that poor. <coughs> As we say in Albania, you know, uh, when somebody sneezes, we say true word. You know, if they were in the middle of a sentence and were saying something. And you sneezing, you mean that uh, pretty much is God confirming that that um, what you're saying is absolutely true. Uh, but getting back to the immigration right now, so these people have a terrible life. You know, most of them are coming from like Honduras and all these other places that are like Venezuela and shit. They're doing terrible, so you know they they don't really have you know that starving no jobs. Maybe their life is in threat because you know. How the government is going over there, riots and protests, you know, pretty much government is falling apart. So they're also not safe physically. So what you're going to do, you don't really have the time to wait 10, 15 years around for you to apply. Maybe you don't meet all the qualifications to come here, but you still want to have you keep your kids safe. So you want to bring them over here. So maybe they don't have the means uh, for the, you know, to apply to come here permanently, so the only thing they can do is just get a backpack with some clothes on it and keep walking, you know, and find these coyotes, pay whatever they have, uh, and get and, and get smuggled in here. You know, like I understand, you know, if you can do it, please go the safer, the more legal way. But if you can't, you gotta do whatever you can, boo boo. You know, so I don't really blame these people for trying to enter this country, even though they call it illegal over here. But you know what? And they're categorizing these people as animals. You know, especially the right, these Trump supporters. You know, they're calling them animals and rats for sneaking to this country. Uh, fucking. And I think it's completely fine, you know, to keep these kids prisoners just because, you know, there is all, some of those end up being in drugs and stuff, you know, that's why, that's how they justify that, you know, like, you know, it's basically it's trying to like categorize like all white people with the KKK, you know, it's just crazy to do for them, you can't do it like that, but it's okay for this crazy fucking rednecks to be like, no, 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 you, you, you. My grandparents came here illegally, you know, a hundred years ago. So it makes it completely fine for me that I've done nothing but to earn my stay in here. Uh, people want to bring up, like, you need to earn to stay here. You know what? I think if you fucking sacrifice your life, you know, to come to this country, I think you fucking earned your way to come in here. You know, some people pay a lot of money to come here and they... And they risked their lives, man. Like two people I've heard, two people have paid thirty thousand dollars, had sold everything they had, every fucking thing they had, they scraped it thirty grand for him and his wife to come here when they were young and to to come here illegally. And it was not guaranteed. But you know what? That dream was that powerful. I think some of these people who sacrificed it much, you know, ha- having the dream to come and live in the United States, I think some of these people deserve it more than people who have born in here, you know? Like, I know fucking losers who have been born here, you know? Like, great-grandparents came here illegally when it was fucking easy as fuck to come e- illegally in the United States. You know, they were coming in boatloads from Europe. It's just, you know, they'd land right there in New York City. You just sign your name in and boom, you're illegal to stay coming here and work, you know, you become almost a fucking U.S. citizen right away, and it was no problem then, so now some of these fucking assholes are screaming, they go back to your fucking shithole countries, whatever, yeah, those countries are fucking shitholes, Albania was a fucking, it's a shithole, Albania is a shithole and not a shithole sometimes, you know, Albania is like a, 
I don't know how to describe it because there's some fucking really nice rich people rich people and good things but it's also so much fucking poverty it's so much corruption in the country it's all, it's still recognized as third world but you go in some restaurants in Albania you're like what the fuck am I in here you know these places are fucking amazing so it's like a weird thing you know like you can have the fucking nicest fucking three story high villa next to a fucking uh, somebody with an aluminum shack with the fucking, you know, like in the slums you can have like a really dope ass house. So sometimes it's a fucking drug money, all right? It is drug money. There's plenty of drug money in Albania because there's so much corruption in the in the in the country. And you know what? And my family wanted to leave, but you know, we were not in harm of dying. At one point, we were in 1997 when almost like a government breakdown, almost. Fucking anarchy started happening in Albania. Me and uh, me and my parent, my family, we went to Greece. You know, we got you know we got some visas and uh, we fucking took off. And you know, we even faked some documents to get uh, permanent uh, residentship, uh, residency as uh, almost Greeks because my dad was able to fake some papers. You know, to claim that my granddad, his my dad's dad, was born in in a in a border country. In Greece side, you know, so we can get paperwork. That's illegal too, you know, but you got to do what you got to do. You know, there was people with fucking guns loose in 1997 in Albania. I swear to God, you know, the citizens got fed up with the government. They broke into the military bases and they started taking guns. They were just fucking taking guns. I shit you not. I was walking, I was walking down the street and I see like a dude maybe in his mid to late 20s and I was like maybe... 1997, I was 12 years old. This dude had a flamethrower on his back and he wasn't a bicycle. He was taking the shit home. A fucking flamethrower. So yeah, me and my dad, we said, fuck it, you know. Like, people were getting robbed left and right around that time in Albania. You know, it's it's fucking anarchy. Everybody fucking got AKs at home and guns and shit and, and cases of ammunition. Like, it was anarchy, you know, people would just make a block, you know, two or three guys would just point out their guns in the street and be like, get out of your car, it's my car now. Or he throws buses with people and be like, everybody empty your pockets. Some of those were even fucking nice robbers and everybody were like, everybody put out 10 bucks. And he almost be, almost like became polite to like rob people. They're like some of these robbers be like, all right, we don't. I mean, I you, I know you're struggling people, so we're not gonna ask for all your money, you know, because it's gonna be another van full of people or another bus full of people coming by. So yeah, everybody put like ten dollars in here or two dollars or whatever you can, and uh, we're gonna stop the next bus too. You almost became like a church fucking donation. You know, I think about it right now. It's kind of actually fucking funny too about it because this shit. <laughs> The polite smugglers, that was, uh, that was great, that was fucking great. Uh, so, getting back to it now, as I was saying, you know, after a year, then I came back to Albania because things calmed down, the government started getting the reins back, they were raiding people's houses, they would start confiscating, you know, a lot of these fucking weapons. Because I shit you not, these were like fully automatic weapons, you know. New Year's Eve in 1997 in Albania, I did not see one firework, man. People were fucking shooting guns up in the air. And nobody died more uh, than January 1st. (laughs) 
Oh man, Jenny, blind bullets were raining everywhere, man. Cause people shoot up fucking different direction. You shoot up in the air, it's gonna hit like a next neighborhood, you know, another village. Uh, but people were fucking dumb, man. People were fucking dumb at the time. So my family still continued applying, though. You know, after that, like after we stayed in Greece for a little bit, you know, we came back to Albania. My family still kept applying. You know, every year to become permanent residents. In like in 2001, my mother won. Because the, the first one is a random selection, you know, you fill up an application with some uh, with some basic information, who you are, family members, if you're married or not, if you have kids or not, if you have a job or not, one page, you know, very simple stuff. And gets get, they get thrown into a computer and they get picked randomly. And uh, and once you get picked, you know, you get a letter in your home that says, you know, that's basically with directions, you know, an envelope of saying, okay, yeah, you congratulations, you can pick. Uh, now uh, you have to, like, provide this and this and this and it gives you a list of all the things and information you need to provide and still mail it back to the United States, you know, to have things notarized, birth certificates, you know, pictures of passports, uh, level education, school diplomas, uh, criminal record, you know, you have to have a paper, you know, from the police station that says, you know, you have no criminal record and stuff like that, or if you have criminal record, to be explained or what it is, and um, so you, for all family members who qualify under this, and uh, and if you get approved, you know, if they, they you send it over here, it takes about six to ten weeks, you know, somewhere in between there. For all the things for the mail to get there, you know, for the process, they probably ship it back. You know, it takes maybe another six to ten weeks. And um, and they review these papers, you know, and if they say, you know, they like, you know, what they see in this basic information that you provide. Not, not basic, it's thorough information. And if everything checks out with them and they, they, they like what they see over here and then uh, they send you another letter. They say that gives you an appointment to go to the American embassy at your country, you know. So we go to the American embassy, and at the end of the day, the ambassador, he's the only one that gets to have the final say, you know, if you come here or not. You know, that's how it happened with my family. That's the experience I know. I don't know how it's uh, happened with others, but I'm assuming it's been very similar. So we go there at the embassy. We speak with this, uh, with this clerk over there, this Albanian lady, you know, she's also a translator. And... Um, she's talking to us and is going all through our all our paperwork and she's doing like an interview and stuff and then uh there is the ambassador's turn you know he comes in there because these are like this might be a few tellers uh maybe a few clerics two or three clerics and the ambassador goes in between them and however he has to talk to these people or maybe he talks to people in the office i have no idea but for us it happened right there you know we're all four of us and the at the little desk there and uh, and then the ambassador comes in there and he was asked you know do we have any family members over here we said no you know and um, and then he asked my dad you know he's like uh, he's like so how are you going to make it in our bank uh, do you have any capital you know do you have anything of worth you know to make it in America and then my dad puts his arm you know around me and my sister and he's like it's right here you know this is my capital right here this is what I have to offer to America you know pretty much and uh, the ambassador said, you know, congratulations, come back, you know, for the, come back to get the visas, to, to get your passports back, you know, in a few hours. And uh, so we were very happy. But, you know, like I say, you know, I had the means, my family met the qualifications with education and skills or whatever the American government required for us to be in here and uh, the, all the paperwork and everything else. Because out of all the Albanians that I met over here, they come uh, with a, with a visa 
through the visa lottery they all pretty much um, they have the same story and they all were something you know in their country they all were something in Albania you know like I, I work with somebody over here that's one of my colleagues he was a doctor he was an OBGYN doctor in Albania his wife was a director of the, the hospital where they worked I met uh, a couple of another husband and wife they were both artists you know they were both painters I met a dentist over here, an actor, uh, a couple of people who were also teachers in Albania. Like, my dad was a mechanic, my mom was a teacher. So, you know, that's the skills that they had to offer, you know. Even though my, my mom could not practice teaching in here, but at least they want people with some sort of level of education. Or maybe some skill, you know. Because if you have a skill, if you're a mechanic, you're a fucking mechanic. You can come and do the job over here too. I know another couple of guys that were mechanics in Albania. And now they're mechanics over here. You know, they're bringing the skill over here. They got their own businesses over here. If you're an electrician, if you're a plumber and stuff, you know, this shit doesn't change much. You can, they, they, These people can't bring their trade from that country over here. But if you were like a doctor or stuff like that, they don't really accept or recognize a diploma. If you were a lawyer in, in Albania, they won't recognize that. But they recognize the trade. Like you can go work for somebody else if you were an electrician in Albania. You know, you take a test and uh, you, you learn the language first because you can probably understand the questions over there. But it's not that, you know, it's not that hard. I know people who were kind of older, they were electricians for in Albania for so and so many years. You know, it's just the little things they had to, to, to change a little bit on, the, on their stuff. You know, 210, 220 versus 110, you know, voltage and stuff, you know. Just, they already know how to do the conversion because they work with a lot of equipment that comes from America. They need the needs uh, uh, 110. They have converters and stuff like that. This is besides the point. But some of these people in these third world countries, they do not have the time to wait. They do not have the money. They do not have, meet their requirements maybe, you know. So you got to also recognize the struggle of what they're going through before you start hating them for coming to this country. Another thing that I find very idiotic, you know, like I hear all these like people, all these brave people say, you know, like, you know, like, bro, how would you like, you know, for somebody just to come in your house, eat the food in your refrigerator, flip through the channels in your TV, take your car out for a ride? I'm like, dude, I'm like, you really can't compare, you know, America to your house. America is a country, man, you know, like it's not your property. You do not own America. And I understand, you know, in your house, you get to decide who comes. If it's your mom, is your dad, it can be your relatives, your co-workers, you decide who you let in the house. Because your house is your house. Your property is your property everywhere. It doesn't matter, you know, if you are in an open border country or not. So you really can't compare, you know, but if you want to compare America to an occupation or something, compare it to like a corporation where you have a below... Uh, medium job, you know, or average job at some big corporation. Yes, you know, you are part of that corporation, but you do not own any part of that corporation. You know, or maybe you have some shares or comparing yourself to like owning a $100 worth of share for Amazon compared to something like that. That makes more sense because you are part of it, but you do not really have a say on it. Because you're a very small part of shareholder. Just because your house is in America doesn't mean America is your house. America is your country. 
It's the country we live in because there is plenty of people who have been and born and raised here. You know, they found a better opportunity in a different country and they went to work. Because you know what? As an American, it's very easy for, for us as American citizens to go work somewhere else. Travel to other countries freely. I do not need a visa to go to France. I do not need a visa to go to Italy. I do not need a visa to go to Thailand. I can just go. If I want to stay a year in Thailand, I'll stay a year in Thailand. I can get a, if I get a job in Thailand serving tables, I can get a job in Thailand serving tables. Ain't nobody telling me to go back home to America. I can stay here if I want to. And uh, some countries have different regulations. You have to get a work permit. And you know what? That's very easy to get too. As an American, they know you're probably not going to stay there alone. Maybe you're just traveling. You want to make some money while you're there. You know, to, for to cover your expenses there, because like play, like a lot of millennials just like will travel. You know, they want to travel the world before they sell it down. You know, travel for a few years. You know, stay a year in one country. You know, work over there, uh, and, and then move to another country. Maybe find some other job, some 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 little job. You know, and they don't have to get paid much. You know, just just to get by until they go to their next adventure. Plenty of people do that, and they, they come back in here. So I, I wish we had an uh, open border world, like world, man. You know, because you cannot have an open border country. You have to have an open border world over here. Because if just America says, okay, we're just going to have an open border policy, anybody that wants to come to this country can just walk in through the customs, sign their name in, and they can just stay here, you know, legally. Because there would be a big rush of people that would just come in here and try to, to live in here. But if you make it like that for the entire world, and now like a lot of people might be like, you know what? Instead of going to America, I want to go to Canada. Or instead of going to like you're from Italy and be like, you know what? I'm going to go to Germany. Even though in the European Union they can go work and travel as, as they want to. But, uh, but if you, if you had the freedom to go to any country and work over there legally, no problem, you know, you know, the population of the world would just spread out, you know, as they could because it might take you a thousand dollar to come to America, but it also might take a thousand dollar also to go to Canada. If you're coming from France, for example, you want to, you can't find a good job in France, somebody that lives in America or you have somebody that lives in Canada, they both have a decent job for you. You know, it might take you the same amount of money to go to either country. You might be like, oh, shit, I want to go to Canada with my family. I want to stay there because I like this cousin better. You know? I don't know. Maybe I don't make sense. But this is what I'm thinking. An open border world could work. Because if it's just one country, then a lot of these poor places are just rushing to that one country. You want shit dispersed. Dispersed. <coughs> so yeah, these are my thoughts on that. You know, also I'm like, uh, I'm all for uh, also illegal border crossers, you know. Because I think you actually, if you went through all the struggle, left everything you know, sold everything you had, and took the chance to... And risk your life to come here and actually I think if you get if you're actually able to make it here then I think um, you should stay that's what I think
but if we had an open border world then people could just cross through the customs very easily and freely and people who are, have nothing to fear and they're just looking for work into a different country they should, should have no problem crossing through the customs freely so the only people that will be left crossing borders would be only criminals so it's fine if you want to detain those criminals and if they're coming with children it's okay to take their children away from them, but put them in some foster home, put them in a, in an orphanage or something. Don't keep them in prison, man. It's very fucking cruel. It's terrible. It's fucking terrible. So, and I feel very bad, you know. I've seen a very ugly side of people with this whole children prisoner things, and uh, seeing some of the people, you know, that I know personally, and be like, yeah, it's fine, bro. If these people didn't want their children taken away, you know. Why do they cross this country legally over here, you know? Criminals go to prison all the time and they get their children taken away. I'm like, but it's not the fucking same somebody crossing a country because they're looking for work versus somebody putting a gun at somebody's head and saying, give me fucking everything you got or shooting the other person. This is not the same fucking type of crime. Uh, you can bunch these people with criminals and some of them are bunching this poor illegal immigrants you know not only as criminals but as animals man i'm hearing people call them fucking animals now it's been millions of people who cross this country illegally just because ms-13 has 2,000 members now i'd be like yo see the what they're becoming dog see what they're becoming meanwhile we have like a hundred fucking thousand kkk members throughout the united states but it's completely fine we're not gonna compare the KKK members to all white people, but it's okay, you can compare all Latinos to MS-13, you know? It's just ridiculous, just... People, man, people being fucking selfish and retarded, man. And all the descendants of other illegal immigrants, you know, don't want you to have the life they have, you know? So, you know, they don't, they don't even appreciate, understand... Forget about appreciate. They don't even understand what it means to have, you know, the American dream and actually being able to come to America and work on that dream to start making the dream reality. You know, I fucking had a dream of coming here, man. I, I used to watch uh, fucking Saved by the Bell a lot. I used to watch Baywatch and uh, watch briefly 902. I know, which I didn't like that much. But Saved by the Bell and Baywatch were fucking my favorite shit growing up, you know, because one of these Albanian channels would show the... Actually, it was an Italian channel that we would catch with the satellite, and they would dub over um, the English language with Italian uh, voiceovers, you know, because I also I understood Italian from watching, like, fucking a lot of Italian shows that I like, you know. Oh, where was I going with this? Totally fucking lost my train. Ah. I'm also driving over here. But I apologize for uh, the seatbelt noise. But yeah, I dreamed of fucking coming to America. I used to watch this American show, and you know, and and I thought every fucking body was beautiful in here. Everybody was rich. People had like nice houses everywhere. People were beautiful and fit. And blonde, and everybody was talented. Everybody had nice cars, which a lot of people fucking do, you know. The quality of life versus the quality of life in a lot of these countries, you know, it's it's way good, you know. But uh, I was a little bit deceived on the whole good-looking part. There's a lot of good-looking people, but it's like everywhere, you know. You're gonna have 
good looking people everywhere but um I thought everybody was uh fit and sexy and athletic yeah I, I was wrong about that you know most of the people out of um out of shape and a little bit overweight so yeah but the va- that's the vast majority in every country you know most of the population is going to be out of shape maybe a little uglier side But the obesity is a real problem. I think I've talked about it uh, on, on a different episode. Yes, the obesity over here, it's a real problem. It, uh, it, it can change, you know, it can change. Uh, it's all through uh, food and nutrition, you know, like food is not supposed to be cheap. Real good food is not easy to grow. So organic food is not easy to grow. That's why organic fruits and stuff don't look the best. And uh, they don't always look so beautiful, you know. But at least they're organic. A good beef is not supposed to be cheap. But over here it is, you know, because uh, it's mass produced, mass raised, you know. Like real grass fed beef is more expensive than this, uh, this generic brand, you know, you find at Walmart because they fucking raise them in corn because corn is extremely fucking easy to grow. So they're raising all these animals with quick and fast and pumping with hormones and. Put antibiotics on their food so they don't get sick because they stay in close quarters. They don't move and uh, and they get sick. You know, e- even a human being. You know, like you keep on cooped up in a place, not moving. The blood's not circulating too well. Air's not circulating. Your body's not. It just gets sick. It just starts almost like rotting away. You know, like when you, when you watch uh, my six hundred pound life. You know, these people are just like fucking. Yeah, they're fat, you know, they're growing in size, but they're just also fucking rotten away, you know. Their life is just deteriorating and rotten away. It's just, even fat ages you, you know, being overweight just like ages you kind of like fucking smoking and drinking. You're like, it speeds up your aging process, man. You start looking way older and the age that you are and stress too, you know, stress also does that to you. That's why these people from third world countries, they look like, 15 years older 10 years older than what they actually are because life is harder man you know fucking life is harder and this shit ages you man it just stresses you out and it ages you but thank you for listening everybody oh man all the other ones have been like pretty fucking short podcasts this one is like uh, 30 minutes what's up what's up thank you for listening everybody peace out this is Edmund Rama you were listening to Growing Up Third World <laughs>